Welcome into a terrible football show. Hopefully you're having an incredible day. Whatever day you're watching this or listening, whether if you're watching this live at youtube.com forward slash sparky3, we appreciate the hell out of you. If you're watching this after the fact at youtube.com forward slash sparky3, we appreciate the hell out of you. Or if you're listening on one of the multiple audio platforms that we're on, we also appreciate you, but we wish you'd watch us live. But it's okay if you can't. We understand. Uh, join with me. We do got Shane here on Discord. Shane back uh, after, um, you know, got being gone last week. Shane, how you doing? How you feeling? We missed you last week, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just chilling, you know. Chilling, ready to get into stuff, ready to get after it. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Shout out to Steve yeah. in the chat. Appreciate you, bud. <laughs> Absolute legend. Uh, no Ricky this week, but of course, filling in his spot is the ever so handsome and beautiful Josh Pillow. Uh, ready to chime in whenever he needs to and, uh, you know, jump into the conversation, have a great time with his beautiful face. Uh, so last week, of course, we did AFC uh, predictions. We're going to be doing NFC predictions this week. Uh, no Ricky this week just because uh, he's going to be officiating a football game. So he'll be chatting next week about his first time officiating a football game and how that went for him. So that should be a pretty fun conversation. Um, you know, we also have the first uh, AP poll for college. Going to kind of react to that, as well as do preseason overreactions, underreactions on multiple headlines coming out of the first week of preseason. You know, it, it's preseason. You know, there's always going to be overreactions, but there could be some underreactions. I don't know. You never know what come out of preseason. I'll never forget when Victor Cruz went off in week four of the preseason versus the Dallas Cowboys as some random dude. He went off in like the third and fourth quarter with like the third and fourth team, and he went on to be a pro bowler. I mean, so you never know with the preseason. You know, shit could pop off any time. Uh, if you could, subscribe to the channel, be a friend, tell a friend, drop a like on this live streaming video. We'd definitely appreciate that. As well as go check out Rogue Energy with the referral link down below. You can use promo code SPARKY3 for 10% off or Razor 3 for 10% off as well. And make sure to join the Discord because with a Terrible Football Show, we will be taking uh, live callers. If you join the Discord, we'll have the things pulled up. Pull you up on the show, chat with you real quick. You ask us a question, give your thoughts on something that's happened on, or with your team or whatever. And we'll chat about it. Uh, I think that's it for the main sponsors. You know, I can hit everything else later on in the show. Uh, so I'll start turning things down for now with the with the music here. And we can go ahead and start jumping into stuff. Uh, so I guess right off the bat, let's go ahead and throw this out here because Shane just threw it out to me before we started. Malcolm Butler, cornerback, you know, he went back to New England. He is now on IR. So shout out to Patriots fans there. Uh, Patriots is one thing that we will chat about here today uh, in terms of our overreaction, underreaction segment. Uh, so I got an IR placing there. So obviously T's and P's there. Uh, you know, with the uh, Zach Wilson situation, uh, not a torn ACL. So definitely a big shout out to that one. Um, he will be back in uh, two to four weeks. But we've got some things to chat about with uh, that one as well. It's going to be an overall pretty good show. Uh, Shane, you ready to hop into it? You ready to chat some uh, college ball to start things off? Or you got anything on your mind that you want to shout out first? No, I'm ready to get into it. I'm always excited to talk about college first. I know, so. I know you are. I know you are. That's why I got it first thing on the show for you. I got you. I thought of you this week. You know, I was making the script. I'm like, ah, I got the AP. Ah, let's move the AP poll number one. You know, I know Shane wants to dive into this. Uh, so, yeah, yes. the first AP poll, it was – those are always super fascinating to look at, especially the ones where it has, like, multiple people's, you know, rankings, and it's just a large bracket, and you just look at it and, like – they put, up, they put who in the top five? They put who in the top five? These things are always very interesting to watch. But, of course, AP is the most notable one and the most important one. So, coming to number one, Alabama to no one's surprise there. Uh, number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Clemson. All right, well, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that one in a minute. Uh, Notre Dame at five. Texas A&M at six. Utah at seven. Michigan at eight. OU at nine. Baylor at 10. Do we just want to roll through the whole 25, or do we want to break it up and talk about top 10 first and then kind of keep going? 
Yeah, I think we just we can just roll through it and okay, then okay. kind of break it up afterwards. Okay. Uh, number eleven, Oregon. Twelve, Oklahoma State. Thirteen, NC State. Fourteen, USC. Fifteen, Michigan State. Sixteen, Miami. Seventeen, Pitt. Eighteen, Wisconsin. Nineteen, Arkansas. Uh, 20, Kentucky, 21, Ole Miss, 22, Wake Forest, 23, Cincinnati, 24, Houston, and 25, BYU. Um, okay, so, Shane, looking at this top 25, what are some uh, immediate takeaways that you have, good or bad? Like, what are the first things that stick out to you on this list? Me, right now, I think Georgia's going to be good, of course. But I think them being top three, understand they're, na- they're national champions. Um and they're the team to beat, right? But with how much they've lost and not really knowing how guys are, you know, back, because, I mean, you got to think they lost their first and second team, basically, defense. Mm-hmm. Um, True. So <laughs> that's kind of questionable to me. Would I keep them in the top 10? Yes. Probably a little bit a little higher, probably in the five to eight range. But three, I think, is a little too high. I can understand like the argument argument with it, but you know that is um, Texas A&M. Of course, I will never agree with that. Um, Always overrated. As I've said, yeah, as I've said on the show before, like they pay millions and millions of dollars just to go seven and five. So it is what it is. Um, OU and Michigan. I think those are also two questionable areas being in the top ten, um, especially with the drama with OU. Uh, Michigan losing so much, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball with their top two pass rushers gone. True. Um, I think that's kind of questionable. Um, I like the Baylor spot. I honestly would have put Baylor a little higher. I would have. I would probably switched them with like Texas A&M, put them in that five to eight range as well. Um. Uh, hold on. Sorry, I was a salt chat. Hey, hey, you shut your mouth when it comes to Michigan. Hey, he's a Michigan. Yeah, he's a Michigan guy. Yeah. It, it, and and don't get me wrong, I, I like Michigan. They're probably in my top three, four teams in college because I have a half-brother that went there. I have ties there with family and stuff. I like Michigan. Um, but I'm just saying from a football standpoint, I don't think they should be in the top eight not knowing what their that defense is. Um, now, how then, would, now, would you would you accept, like, if they just got ranked at 10, for example, just right there at a nice 10 spot? Or yeah, you... I think the ten, I think the ten to twelve range is a good spot for okay. them. Okay. Um, I I think I would I would probably place them at ten. Um, I would probably place Texas A&M in the like the twelve to fifteen range. Um, like I said, some some minor differences. Um, again, again, Notre Dame going back up to the top five. Notre Dame's kind of a question. Clemson's kind of a question. But again, again, like the ACC's weak. So. <laughs> oh, um, that's a stab. <laughs> If Michigan is 10, then Arkansas is 26. <laughs> but see, I would understand Arkansas being at 26. And I mean, I'll talk about that when, yeah. once we get there. But um, other than that, in the top 15, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, How do you feel about USC getting at 14? I mean, I know you obviously got Caleb Williams, you know, obviously Lincoln. There's a, you know, they got Jordan Addison, you know, last year's, uh, whatever the receiver award is called. I'm drawing a blank on it. You know, a lot of good pieces. Yes. Thank you. A lot of great, uh, you know, pieces into place. Would you put them at 14 or you think it's a little too high for them? I saw some people putting USC in the top, in the top five in you know, in that, that whole bracket thing that I talked about. I mean, people, people were putting them at number four at times. The people put them at number eight or number six. You know, how do you feel about 14? Two high too low what do you what do you think because i mean obviously they didn't do anything last year but the hype is real right now 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you just look at the raw talent on on that team now, yeah, you can you can question them that they they are a top ten, top five team. But it just goes back to like Michigan and Texas A&M. Me, you have to grade them off of what you can possibly see them on the field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go off of last year because if it was last year, then Georgia should be number one. So, but then you also got to take into effect the Pac-12 is weak, like. True. Right now, it's pretty much going to be Utah, Oregon, and USC, USC. Yep. and then everybody else. Um, so I understand the 14th spot. I would have probably put them outside the top 15, me personally, um, for the same reasons that I think Arkansas is kind of high. Um, I think the hype is kind of building around Arkansas, and people are just kind of feeding on that. Um, again, I'm an Arkansas fan. I, me personally, I love the ranking. That's like a lot higher than I, th- I thought we were going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm not. Wisconsin as well. I don't really understand. I would put them if, if even if I would have ranked them, I would put them in like the 23, 22 range. Um, Miami, I would have actually had them higher. Um, I think they're just well put, better put together. Um, I would put them probably in just inside the top 15. So really, honestly, if you were to switch USC and Miami, that I think that would be good spots. I, I like Michigan at fifteen. Um, Kentucky, um, based on what they have coming back and what they did last year, I know I just kind of contradicted myself with that, but because they do have so many returning from last year, I would honestly put them a little higher. I'd probably put them in seventeen ish range, um, and then backing out of the top twenty five. Wake Forest was losing their quarterback, which I know we'll probably talk about yeah. if we didn't talk about it earlier. Um, I would have dropped them out of the top 25 with, with losing him. Um, Cincinnati, too big of a question mark to me to be in the top 25. I get again, it. again, I, I get like it. it because it makes the matchup week one for Arkansas a little bit better. Right. But I do. I, I, I get why they're in the top 25, but at the same time, you know they're going to get knocked out immediately. Week one, they're going to lose to Arkansas. Cincinnati's gonna be knocked out, and it's gonna be it, if they get ranked again, it'll probably just be in like the twenties or something, you know. By the time the season's done, I mean, I get why they're up there, you know. Like for me, I I question heavily Clemson and Notre Dame. I mean, I look, I do get it. It's Clemson. It's Notre Dame. Like I understand. I get it. I get it. I just think they're horribly. I think honestly, four to six is so stupidly overrated that it, it's 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 laughable you know to a hilarious degree uh i like utah in the top 10 i feel like people are you know utah is a, is a force to watch for i'm just gonna say it right now utah is gonna be an absolute you know monster michigan steve i'm i'm with shane on this one i wouldn't have put them at eight personally i feel like they lost too much on the defensive side of the ball i think 10 is a good spot ou kind of the same thing i probably wouldn't have put them in the top 10 either uh, I like I, I like the the coaching hiring they did at OU. I love Dylan Gabriel at OU. Love that, but I would not have put them. Baylor deserves to be in the top ten above OU in Michigan. I'm sorry, Steve. I'll make it up to you next time I see you. But man, I'm telling you, I think Baylor should have been in the top ten above those two, 100. I would even argue that Oklahoma State needs to be above both Michigan and OU. I, I would make that argument legitimately. Now, one sure. I, I, out of the whole. Top twenty-five, you know, obviously Miami being at sixteen, I think that's a little high for us. Why well, I think the I think we are going to be a very good team this year. Obviously, last week I, you know, not last week, two weeks ago, you know, I had I actually had them winning the ACC with how things played out. So much for that prediction. That prediction, you know, how I had it playing out, really, you know, 
you know, aged poorly because I had Wake Forest going to the championship on their side of the of the of the division. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Sam Hartman being out is a massive blow, and obviously, whatever is going on with Sam Hartman. Obviously, T's and P's. He's an absolute stud of a college quarterback. We don't know why he's out. It's just a medical reason that's you know off the field. So it's seen to, that that tells me it's pretty serious. Uh, so obviously, T's and P's on that front. Um, but I feel like 16 is a little high for us. I, I think it's fair that we're ranked. I do. Uh, but I think 16 is a little high. I think 20s would have been more fitting for us. But the one ranking that I absolutely really love on this whole thing is I love the respect to NC State at, at 13. I love that a lot because, like, even talking about the ACC a couple weeks ago, the only thing that they really lost was Akeem Ikawanu at tackle, which that's, yeah, that's a big loss. That's your starting tackle, yeah. But, like, they still got, uh, I think his name is Devin Leary. I know, I know Leary's his last name, but I think Devin's his first name. You know, dude balled out last year. He upset Clemson, pulled off some other upsets. I think NC State is legitimately going to be, you know, I think they're going to be a threat this year in the ACC. I love NC, uh, NC State being at 13. I think that's awesome. Wisconsin, I question that as well. Kentucky at 20, I understand it. I think they're going to move up very quickly. I think I think Kentucky is going to be something to watch for personally. I like Will Levis a lot at quarterback. Besides the fact that this man puts mayo in his coffee, that shit is. Look, listen. I have I have to take my personal feelings out of this and acknowledge that they're a good football team. But because the fact that he puts mayonnaise in his coffee, they deserve to lose every single game this year while he is the starting quarterback. That is my stance on this. Anyway, um, Cincinnati, like I said, I get Houston. Houston, I think, is going to be a fun one to watch uh, personally this year. They got a lot of returning guys. Uh, I think this is their last year in American, uh, and then next year begins their Big 12 run. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do this year. BYU, I've always thought was overrated. They were overrated when they had Zach Wilson. They were overweight. They're overrated last year when they got up as high as number 10 and then got their shit wrecked when they actually started playing good teams. Um, I, they're just an overrated team to me. A couple teams that I think, uh, I understand why they didn't get looks. I get it completely, but a couple teams that I think didn't, uh, should have maybe made that 25 spot over BYU is either like San Diego state or, uh, UTSA. I, I think both of them could have made an argument because they both got a lot of returning players minus, you know, San Diego state, obviously losing the punt God, Matt Ariza, who bombed like an 82 yard ball this weekend. That was insane. I saw that insane. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Uh, I think one of those two teams could have made a real argument for the, that 25 spot over BYU in my opinion. But again, I mean, I get it. I get why BYU is there. Uh, I mean, for the most part, this top 25 is pretty straightforward. For the most part, there's just a few questionable ones. I, I just – I know back back to one of my main points, I just don't see Clemson being good this year. I, I, I think they're going to obviously get a lot of dubs because ACC is on the weaker side right now. So they're going to get a lot of dubs, yes. Um, but I just, I, I just think they're horribly overrated. Now, if, you know, Dabo pulls – uh, the same thing that he pulled when it came to Trevor and Kelly Bryant. Was that the other quarterback at the time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If he pulls the same thing that he did then and puts DJ, I got this. Ugly. Damn it. You didn't let me have it. <laughs> Sorry. I had to take it. I had to take it. I had to redeem myself. Fair Tyler enough. always gives me shit fair about enough, mispronouncing names. I had to take one. Shout out to Tyler. But, you know, if he if he pulls the same thing and he benches DJ for, like, this other uh, freshman they brought in, I think this is his freshman year. I forgot his name, but he was a stud in high school, almost like another Trevor Lawrence. Like, if they if they 
if he pulls that same maneuver, Clemson could potentially go on a run. But as long as DJ is the starting quarterback, I think they are horribly overrated. DJ has shown me nothing in college that he's a great college quarterback. That's that's just my opinion. Notre Dame remains overrated to me. I don't think they'll be in the top ten for very long. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but I, I don't think they'll remain in there very long. But I and, mean, uh, the 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 gentleman in chat, you said his name is Steve. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, going back to Michigan real quick, man. Um, you know, if, if you want to talk about it, that's fine. I, I'm always up to hear the discussion. I'm sure <laughs> Alex is too. Why don't you hop in Discord, have a quick chat about it? You know. I think he might. I think he might be rating right now. <laughs> he might be rating right now. He mentioned that earlier when I saw him uh, at one of my stores. That uh, I think he's gonna be rating. But I mean, yeah, he's in our Discord. Uh, you know, anytime you ever want to hop in and chat, all you gotta do is just hop in ATFS Guest Q, and we can pull you up into the show. Uh, and that goes for everyone else listening. Make sure to join the Discord. The link should be in the description below. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, just uh, join the Discord. It's free for anyone to join. You can invite your friends, too. It's all good. Join in, and uh, you can maybe hop on a call sometime with us and have a good time. Uh, Shane, any other thoughts you want to shout out with the uh, AP, AP poll? If not, we'll go ahead and hop over. Yeah, um, I'm pretty comfortable with uh, with what we've discussed, so I'm ready to go on to the next. Hey, not much longer. Not much longer, baby. And we'll get college Man, football it's like back. What? It's like night, 18 days or some shit like that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and get the exact I know day. it's 18, 18 days until the first Razorback game. So Yeah, it's not not far, man. We're almost there. Uh, all right, let's hop over to preseason uh, week one, overreactions, underreactions. Uh, I got a few notable storylines I feel like coming out of week one. And we'll chat about these on if it's an overreaction or an underreaction. Uh, all right, so the first thing, and... Uh, um, shout out to Steve. Me and Steve were actually just chatting about this earlier. Uh, Kenny Pickett, man, he balled out this weekend. Is he a guy? Is he the guy? You know, is is that an overreaction, underreaction? How you feeling on it? I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Um, don't get me wrong. Me and you both were very high on Kenny Pickett at college, but a preseason game. I think it's just too early to say, man. Like, I would love, don't really believe me, I would love to say that this is completely accurate and that he is a guy and he is the guy, he's going to be the guy. But don't, and don't get me wrong, he played a great game, had a game-winning drive, his first ever um, game in the NFL. Regardless if it's preseason or not, that's still very impressive. But um, I, I want to see him in the regular season playing against the top talent playing 110 percent every single down um and then you know we i'll make a judge on that but i think at the moment it's an overreaction considering the team that he was going up against at the time you know like the, i think it was like the this was like third and fourth quarter stuff right i can see what you're saying by it's an overreaction but the one thing that i will agree on on when in terms of like he's the guy because this is what me and steve were chatting about just earlier today uh he just was very comfortable and that's the main thing is he was very comfortable, um, you know, adjusting to that NFL game. Again, I know it's, you know, not the first team, but the point is he was comfortable in the pocket, comfortable making the you know, the throws and making plays. So in that sense, I can see where people are saying he's a guy. Uh, and I, I was impressed by that. The fact that he was comfortable making a lot of good throws. Same thing with, uh, the other receiver that they drafted, um, you know, George Pickens, he looked very good on the field as well. You know, very aggressive. He got a, you know, nice TD. He looked very comfortable. Yeah. 
uh, which, you know, I was actually calling this guy to potentially be a bust, even though he was in the second round, just because of, there was some, he's like, there was some baggage, but there was a reason he fell is what we were following on draft day there. Uh, but I, you know, I think both Kenny Pickett and George Pickens showed a lot of impressive flashes and I'm looking forward to seeing more. Uh, I don't know when Kenny Pickett will take over the reins. I don't think it's going to be quick. I genuinely don't because at the end of the day, like I think it was, uh, you know, me and uh, Ricky talked about this last week. You got to keep keep in mind who is at the helm. That is Mike Tomlin, bro. Uh, he's not about to throw Kenny Pickett in immediately unless there is literally a giant raging fire all around him. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starter, and I think he's going to remain the starter for if for majority of the year, if not the entire season. Uh, it just depends, you know. I know, you know, you know. He's saying week five, which. I, I just don't see it happening with Mike Tomlin. I really don't. You know, Mitch and Mason are going to have to play awful, and I mean awful, to get Kenny Pickett in very early in the season. At least that's how I see it personally. Um, now, the next one that we have, another quarterback here, Desmond Ritter. A lot of conversation that this dude's a guy because he had a game-winning TV uh, TD. Is that an overreaction or underreaction? Because to, to me, that is – one of the most overblown overreactions out of this first week because that was an absolutely terrible ball. And if that would have been against first team, no doubt, even if it was first team Lions, no doubt that would have been an interception. That was a terrible pass. It, he just got lucky. Like I think saying Desmond is a guy is horribly over overreaction, especially since Marcus didn't play bad. You know, Marcus played pretty well. He did what you know. He did what he had to do. Sort of vibe. You know what? What is your? Yeah, exactly, Steve. A guy. People are calling Desmond as a guy, bro. That pass to win the game was so bad. You know, uh, Shane. What's your take on that as well? Because like it was so bad of a throw. I I, I won't say too much on it, but no, I'll, I'll just say I I agree because that that ball was horrible. I mean, easy pick that, if it was, it was first it was team. Bad. <laughs> It was real bad, bro. Like it, he got lucky. I mean, he, don't get no. Don't get me wrong. You also got to give him some credit. He did a great by shaping the pocket. Yeah, true. Buying some time, but he he basically just closed his eyes and threw it up. <laughs> he did. He, it's like a fucking you know, someone's out there. <laughs> yeah, he said, "Hey, someone's in you know red, white, and black that I can throw to down there." So exactly, bro. That and honestly, if anything, it's more on the receiver for actually looking for it and coming back to the ball rather than it was on Desmond Ritter. So why aren't we talking about the receiver being the guy at that point then? Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Speaking of receiver, you know, one conversation that's been kind of chat about quite a bit uh, throughout camp and even this first game, the little bit that he got to play because he did leave with an injury, is that Drake London, though, is looking like a fucking stud. And I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been on this horse since before even last college season over that Drake London was going to be a, an absolute dude. All right. You know, do you think that's an overreaction or cause that to me, that's an underreaction. He's going to be a dude, you know, like we need to hype this guy. He is like, I'm already ready to book offensive rookie of the year, Drake London. I'm ready to book that on Bentley. I don't remember what the odds okay. were. It was a plus and I'm ready to book it. I think that's, I think the rookie of the year is a little overreaction. Oh, come on now. Who else would it right. be? All right. But, no, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think we all knew coming into the draft, even with his injury, he was still a top five, top three receiver. Um, and if he wasn't injured, he was by far, in 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 your opinion, the number one receiver in the class. I thought Jamison Williams still had uh, options to be up there. 
Um, but Fair. no, I mean, I think we all know that, I mean, Atlanta knows who they drafted. They know he's going to be a guy. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with, with that Atlanta offense, hoping out Mariota or whoever their quarterback might be. So, I mean, no, I don't, I don't think it's an overreaction or an underreaction. I think they hit it right on the head. They, they know who they got. Yeah, I love, I love it. I love it. I, I don't, and I want to bring it back. I don't think it's an, I don't think it's an uh, overreaction to say rookie of the year because who else would it be for offensive rookie? That is, who else would it be? You know, I mean, if Kenny Pickett happens to come in and start early in the year and balls out, then yeah, I mean, actually, quarterback, you know, what love? I mean, like, there's no standout running backs besides like potentially Brees Hall, but I think the Jets can be terrible, absolutely terrible. I mean, I'm telling you, man, Drake London. I, I feel like for this year, because of how like the running backs and the quarterbacks were for this draft, I think it's going to be a receiver winning offense rookie of the year. It could be Drake London, I feel like, does have the best chances. It could be Chris Olave down in New Orleans. Uh, it could be Jamison Williams up in Detroit. I mean, I, I think those three are kind of the front runner right now uh, for offensive rookie of the year, just because like I don't see it being a quarterback, uh, because I think the quarterbacks that we have at rookies, I don't think they're going to start for until late in the year, and by that point, you're going to have rookie receivers get more touches and more yards or whatever. And the same thing for running backs. I mean, the most notable one is is Brees Hall, then whoever Buffalo got. I don't remember his name. Uh, James Cook, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, but I, I don't see either of them, you know, making big splashes. I mean, because Buffalo is going to be primarily a passing team. So I'm telling you, man, Drake London, it, it's good odds on, on Betley uh, to to hit up that bet. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, for sure, it's good odds. Yeah, yeah. But I just think there's so much talent in this rookie class as far as receivers go. Right. And I mean, that yes, he's on Seattle, but you also forget about about Seattle. what they're calling him K They're calling him K nine down there in Seattle or over there in Seattle. Oh, Kenneth, Kenneth uh, right. you know Kenneth Walker. Um, True. You know, if 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 he makes that team even look halfway decent, even if they still lose the game, he could be in the conversation. I mean, let's that's, get real. If he's fair. still putting up a hundred yards a game, um, and pretty much backpacking that offense. Which don't get me wrong, Drew Lock did not look that bad when he wasn't being chased around the field. But, right. you know, we all know that Seattle's offensive line is, is a big problem. So. Yeah, yeah, you especially. Yeah, and with the loss of Chris Carson, obviously, massive T's and P's on that one. I hate to see a player, you know, uh, retire due to injury. You know, right now, Rashard Penny, who was a first-round draft pick a few years ago, is currently the number one, but pff, we both know that ain't going to last long. <laughs> like, Rashard Penny hasn't done a damn thing for Seattle. I mean, we know it, it won't be long before – you know, uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be rocking that um, that uh, that number one spot on the death chart. So you bring up a good point on, on Kenneth Walker. Also, speaking of number nine, shout out to the fact that Jameson Williams uh, paid respects and reached out to Matt Stafford uh, to get it to get his blessings before he switched number nine up in Detroit. Shout out to that. Uh, also, I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks last week uh, with the Lions, and that was an awesome episode. And the next episode comes out tonight. Probably won't watch tonight. Probably check it out maybe tomorrow. Looking forward to it. It was very entertaining. Um, all right, so next thing we got here, uh, Trey Lance is a guy. He, hey, yo, he balled out. Like, you know, we've heard a lot of chatter that, you know, they, you know, 49 is already locked in, you know, completely locked in that he was going to be their guy, even telling Jimmy to stay away from camp, stuff like that. Uh, Trey looked awesome. I, I think saying he's a guy, I'm not going to say it's an overreaction, but I'm not going to say it's a brutal underreaction. I think it's just about right. You know, it's like, hey, let's see what he's going to keep doing. The offense is kind of being built around him, which is good. I think he played very well with the first team. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, again, 
is another guy that we know what kind of talent he has. Right. But we also know that he, he just like most um, college quarterbacks, they get got to get put in the right position. True. And I think he has. I think I think San Francisco is the place for him to be. Um, they're going to do, do a great job or hopefully do a great job about building building around him. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think just like, you know, Drake London, they hit it right on the head and they know what they got going forward. And Or else why would you tell, hey, Jimmy G, like, yeah, man. Actually, just stay at home, take some time off. Don't have to come on OTA. We'll still pay you. Don't worry. Nothing like that. <laughs> like, take a vacation. Yeah, go like, away. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, Steve, shout out uh, Christian Watson for offensive player of the year. So, I don't know what the hell's going on with Christian Watson because I know he's been dealing with like an injury issue right now. But I will say, out of the rookie wide receivers that the Packers drafted, Romeo Dobbs, the the wide receiver from Nevada, is the one that has gotten the most chatter out of those rookies from what I've seen. Uh, and I feel like for that team, I, I unless Christian is just like an unbelievable, unbelievable talent, like I don't see Christian Watson, you know, being like a, a front runner for that team because you got to look at everyone on the team they have. Aaron's going to be throwing it to Aaron Jones still. He's got Big Bob Tunyon at tight end. He's still got Randall Cobb on the roster. Uh, he's still got Alan Lazard plus uh, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, whoever the other rookie wide receiver was. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Amari Rogers, who they got a year or two ago, wide receiver from Clemson. I feel like he's going to be throwing the ball all over the field. It's going to almost look like, in a sense, what you know, the Patriots offense used to always look like before, like, Tom had that set target with like, you know, uh, Randy Moss is when it really kind of started. And then after that, he got like Gronk and, you know, Edelman and stuff where he just threw to threw the ball to everyone. You know what I mean? Just to make stuff. I think that's what we're going to see out of Green Bay, which is not a bad thing. Because, I mean, you got to think about when they went to the Super Bowl, who is his wide receivers? Jordy Nelson, who wasn't bad at the time. And at the end of his career, Donald Driver. He didn't even have um, uh, Randall Cobb yet. Randall Cobb was drafted in 2013 after that Super Bowl. Uh, so, I, you know, this could be like a repeat sort of offensive situation as it was in 2012 for the Packers where he just has a lot of weapons that he's used, utilizing at one time, which is, could be a very big thing because you look back at, I think it was actually the, the, the playoff game they just lost. The only people that got a lot of receptions was Devontae and Aaron Jones. That's it. No one else really got, you know, uh, any receptions. Um Show me a better back shoulder duo than Jordan. I mean, that's true. Jordy, I mean, look, Jordy was good for that stretch. I will not lie. You know, and it could be the same thing here where Alan Lazard could be good for that stretch as well. You know, for the coming up to the season. I think it's, a, I, I think Devontae leaving, as, even though he's one of the best receivers in the league, I think it could actually be a good thing for Aaron in that offense because he's going to be able to air it out more to more people, plus a lot of good talent that they just picked up. I know it sounds crazy to say because it's Devontae freaking Adams, but I'm just telling you, like, you like you look at like that playoff game and those stats where it's just Devontae and Aaron Jones getting all the receptions. Please tell me I, I'm try to tell me I'm wrong. Did that not look like a damn Madden game where you're just trying to get one guy some stats? Like, is that not what that looked like? And I, I get sure. it. You know, like, you know, the defense was locking up other people. I get it. But like, you know, these other guys that they've kind of gotten in now with Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, whoever, again, whoever the other guy was, I, I feel like this is good for the Packers offense. I, you know, as, as even though I'm a Bears fan and a Packers hater, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch, see what happens. Uh, next thing, and this has been a big conversation for literally weeks. Are the Patriots dead, Shane? Is this a dead year for the Patriots? Is this it? Are they done? Is this done? You know, like they might, that might, they might make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator for God's sake. The Patriots look terrible. Are they dead? 
Or are you, are you never going to count out Bill Belichick? Look, it, 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 and this is what it comes down to. I want them to be dead. I've wanted them dead for the last eight years. But at the end of the day, they've got Bill Belichick. I know. I so know. It, it it is what it is. Um, I would love to say that they're dead, but it seems like every single time that people sit there and and doubt the Patriots, they come out and pull a fucking Super Bowl out of their ass. That's so, fair. <laughs> um, That's and I understand, fair. like, when they did that, they have Tom Brady. But, you know, and they saw a dip, you know, the last couple of years or whatever it may be with, without Tom Brady. But you still got to think, like, they still have Bill Belichick. They still have a system that they run. They still have a lot of players that know that system really well. But, yes, me personally, I would say they're dead. Um, but I think they're dead for this year, you know, yeah, like I think they're dead for this year while they figure out what the hell's happening with that offense. You know what I mean? Like they don't have an offensive coordinator. They're still there. There could be like four different people calling offensive plays while they're figuring that out for this season. I think they're dead, you know, five and 12. I could see it. You know, I could see us, you know, a seven and 10, you know, like I, I could see a few different records for them. What did I have them going? Let me pull, let me pull up my records from last week. I had them going uh, seven and ten. Actually, yeah, I had them going seven and ten. I, I, I think they're gonna be. I think they're dead this year. Next year, I'm not gonna say they're dead. They're not dead permanently. They're just dead for this year. Uh, another la- the last couple um, that we got here from the preseason, which both involved the same game. Number one, Watson looked terrible, and I mean terrible. Like you know, the few passes he threw horribly overthrown, bad passes. But on the flip side, that Jags first-team D looked great. Uh, They held the Browns uh, first-team to seven total yards uh, offense in three drives, which include forcing a fumble and two punts. Uh, So the two things, Watson looking terrible, overreaction, underreaction, and the Jags first-team D looking incredible, overreaction, underreaction. I I think for Watson, that's an underreaction. I think he did look legitimately very, very bad. And for the Jags first team D looking good, I think that's also an underreaction because like they made a lot of moves this offseason. I think at the very least, this D is going to be very – I think the Jaguars, like like me and Ricky Bo were talking last week, I think they're, they're going to shock some people this year. They're not going to be great. Let me stress that. But they are going to shock some people. What about you? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, obviously Watson looked look bad. Um, now, reasons behind that. Uh, you know, Steve over here says without the tickle pickle, it looks a little tense, which that may be true. But <laughs> also, you got to think like you don't know what he's done over the last year um, mm-hmm. that he hasn't played football. Right. Um, and and even if he was sitting there in training and stuff, he couldn't be with the team. So he wasn't playing at the NFL speed for an entire year. Um, so it, it could be rust. So I'll, I'll cut it him some be. slack. I'll cut him some slack there. But, you know, if, if, and if that is the case, then he's really got to work at it. Because I think, honestly, it, the NFL is finally going to do something right and we'll have that year-long suspension. But I know we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and as far as the Jags defense, um, no, I don't I don't think it's an overreaction at all. That The defense looks good. They spent a lot of money for that defense. They, um, I mean, Tra- they Trayvon for, and Devin Lloyd. For, for Trayvon and, and, and guys like that. So. Maybe uh, Shad Khan finally did something right. We'll see. 
Shot Khan is such a fucking clown, but maybe 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 him and uh, Trent Balky actually did something right. I don't. I just think Doug Peterson was the best thing to happen for that team, at least right now with the current state that we're in and what happened. You know, with Urban, I think I think it's the best state for the team. Uh, and we, you know, while we're on the topic of this, we can go ahead and uh, chat about Deshaun Watson real quick because uh, now it is, you know, ex- it is now expected that there is going to be a year long suspension, which as he should. You know, Roger Goodell going babyface in this whole situation here uh, from him being a long-term heel, uh, you know, flat-out calling it predatory, you know, behavior and stuff like that. Shout out to, you know, Roger Goodell finally doing the long-time babyface turn that everyone was waiting for. Uh, but, I mean, the long, a year-long suspension, I mean, it, it needs to happen. But now that brings the question, you know, is Cleveland going to maybe, you know, look to pull a trigger for, like, Jimmy G? You know, because are, are you really going to trust Jacoby Brissett to be your starting quarterback for an entire season? I mean, I'm not. I mean, if, if I can get Jimmy G with that offense, with the team that they have, you got to keep in mind, they don't have a bad team. If Deshaun Watson, like, didn't have rust and was a starter, they would be an AFC North contender to win. You know, I would go for Jimmy G. I mean, I feel like that move makes sense. I mean, I think it does too, but it's also a matter of what's your long-term goal, long-term goal right? Yeah. Do you see a future where, you know, seven years from now, you're going to have Deshaun Watson on your roster? That's uh, that's a fair point. If so, well, in their mind, yes. Then, <laughs> if so, then I mean, obviously, in their mind, yes. But you also got to think, like me personally, I think Jimmy G deserves a starting spot. I think he deserves think so. a chance. There's no way he's not a, a top thirty-two healthy. quarterback. Exactly. exactly to just try and stay healthy and prove himself. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he deserves a starting spot in the NFL. Yeah. Unfortunately, the injury bugs is hitting him way too many times. Um, to where if you're going to bring him to Cleveland, what are you going to do? Sign him to a year, a year deal, two year deal, and then trade him? Basically. Um, you know, and and that's smart, I guess. But you honestly, in my opinion, that's what you would have to do because you can't keep him on the roster as a backup quarterback behind Deshaun. It, it just can't happen because you can't have a situation like you do in Carolina when you're paying a backup quarterback nineteen, twenty million dollars. That's true, Sammy, with that nineteen mil. I mean, while Baker's rocking a nice nine mil. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Uh, no, if they if they end up getting Jimmy, it would be a one and done. Uh, I think and I think Jimmy would obviously understand that as well and he would probably want that. He'd want to move on, you know, get a chance to play this year, show he's is still a guy, not like a superstar guy, but just a nice starting quarterback, a game manager, you know, and get a chance to go somewhere else next year. Cause there's going to be spots next year. I mean, I think Houston's going to be a spot next year. Washington will be a spot next year. I think the giants will be a spot next year. Uh, just off the top of my head. I mean, honestly, I think Carolina will be a spot next year, even potentially, because I don't see Baker and Sam remaining with that team just because I fully believe Carolina is going to be garbage this year. And I think, you know, Matt Rule's going to be fired before the season's over. And when this new regime comes in, they're not keeping either one of them. You know, they'll obviously have Matt Corral, who's, you know, on a rookie contract. But I, th- I think even Carolina could be in the quarterback market next year for a vet. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of teams that would be in the market for a vet quarterback. Next year. Now, the real kicker on all this is if, you know, Jimmy G went to Cleveland, you know, for a year or whatever, did his thing, showed that he can play. And then the next Takes year. Takes him to an AFC championship. Yeah. Or some shit. yeah and, then, and then the next year goes down to uh, Tampa after Tom retires again. That would be some shit. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would be some shit right That'd there. That would be a hell of a storyline. Dude, it would be. Uh, okay. Um, are you ready to hop into predictions? Yep. All right. I feel like I need to stand up for this one. So we're go- we're going standing mode, boys, because uh, I I looked at my predictions just now, right? And I noticed one of them, and I'm now questioning what was wrong with me. 
because in hindsight, I don't I don't think that's accurate, but it's what I have. <laughs> so we're got we got to go standing though because this is about to get a little heated. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll start things off with the NFC North: uh, Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears. Uh, I do have Rickies as well. Uh, let me go grab Rickies real quick because I'm really upset that Ricky's not here because he told me up front that he had some spicy takes and boy does he have some spicy takes all right so the first thing on his he's got the Packers winning it with a 12 and 5 record I could see that that's that's a record I could see uh he has the Bears going 11 and 6 Ricky next week we got to talk like we, I need your full logic. He all he said is that he has a feeling that Justin Fields is a guy, which could be, could be. But that's that's a high record, man. He's got the Vikings going nine and eight, and the Lions five and twelve. All right, so for me, and I'd have to really go back and look at my games and figure out how this happened because I don't know how this happened. for the AFC side of things. I can fully see the two teams doing this. But apparently, I have the Packers going 16-1. and one. I don't know how that ended up happening. I mean, I could see it. I could see it. But I think more of that 12-5 and five spot is probably a more accurate sweet spot, maybe a 13-4. and four. I don't know how I have them going 16-1, and one, but I do. I have the Vikings going 10-7, and seven, and the Bears and Lions both going 6-11, and 11, but the Bears getting that third-place spot and the Lions getting last place. I think this is going to be a different Lions team this year. I don't think they're going to like go to the playoffs or anything, but I think they're going to I think the losses that they're going to have these 11 losses, I think a lot of them are going to be similar to how the Chargers lost a lot of games last year where it's like one score or less, you know what I mean? I think this Lions team is going to be good, but they're still going to lose a lot of games personally. Um, but yeah, I have no idea how I have the Packers going six. I don't even remember who the one loss was. I'm going to have to go log back into the website and check, but you you are sounded fun about it. That's okay. I don't know, man. But sixteen and one for the Packers. I, I I could see it. Let me stress that. So if I go back and look at their full schedule, I could probably like pick my brain of like why I picked that. But I would say anywhere from twelve to five to sixteen and one is an accurate way to put the Packers. Because like I said, I think them not having Devontae is actually a good thing for the team because it's going to force Rodgers to throw all over the place like he did in twenty twelve. Uh, Shane, what about you? How are you feeling on it? Now, I will say I do have to step up my co-host um, skills because I did not do records. But um, I, I think with the NFC North, it's it's a whole bunch of question marks, right? I think there's question marks with the Packers. There's question marks with the Lions. Question marks with the Bears. There's even question marks with the Vikings as far as Kirk Cousins goes and the the GM or oh, coach man. not liking him. That, it was the GM. It was the GM's like, oh, I mean, we don't have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. It's yeah, like, damn, dude, so, you, you know, just got here. <laughs> There's question marks with everything. With I think this is the most questionable com- uh, division, uh, almost a conference division in the NFL, because um, I can very well see this being a conference, you know, that everybody's contending um, to 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 win. Then also see like the person that does win the conference or division being just one game above five hundred or one game below five hundred. Um, so I do have the Vikings winning because I think they have the least amount of question marks. They do have Justin Jefferson fully returning from an outstanding year last year. Yep. Um, they have a really good defense for the most part. Um, and then, um, I do have the Packers finishing second lions and then bears. I think the moves that the lions have done on the defensive side of the ball 
is just going to be is just going to push them just above the Bears. So I I actually have it swapped from you. If I was to pick records without seeing the schedule, I would have to say that Lions would and Bears probably would have around the same record, but Lions would have that tiebreaker. Okay, and you know it's funny when we were chatting about stuff in like our group chat, you randomly shout out, "I can see the Bears going five and 12. and I'm like. I was I was I was having my wonderful shit time whenever you said that. I'm like, let me go look at their schedule real quick and see what I think as the the, the residential Bears fan. And I'm sitting there looking through the schedule. And I'm making the picks through this website. I'm like, I look at the end. It's like five and twelve. I'm like, huh? Look at that. <laughs> I mean, that that's how I see us. I see our ceiling personally being a seven and ten. That is our ceiling for this year, in my opinion. Uh, I think you know a five and twelve is our floor. That you know, personally, a lot of people have the Bears at like the second worst team in the league, only behind the damn Texans. And I've I've seen a couple lists as the Bears as the I don't see that man. I really don't. I don't. Like we're a bad team, yeah, we're gonna be bad, but like I don't think we're that bad, man. I think seven and ten, I think is is legitimately our ceiling uh, for this year. Next year, I'm gonna in, depending on what we do in free agency next year because we have a hundred million fucking cap. My my expectation is gonna be a lot higher depending on what we do. But I will say for the Bears, all of Ryan Pohl's draft picks looked incredible in the preseason first week, which was a big win because, you know, some of the free agents he signed, three different free agents that he signed have all been arrested. So that's not a good sign for him. But seriously, like Braxton Jones tackle, he looked way too good to be a fifth round draft pick. You know, Brisker and uh, Kyler, uh, you know, our two our two second round DBs that we drafted, especially Brisker. Brisker's going to be a freaking problem. Shout out to you, Tyler. Thank you for giving us him from Penn State. No, like seriously. I, all of his draft picks look great, but I, I just don't like whatever Ricky is smoking. He is on something. He is on some good shit. If he thinks we're going to win eleven games, and I can't wait to hear about it next week because I have to ask him. And um, before we go to the before we go to the next division, I do just want to finish up with this. Going back to the question marks, like you can't lie. Bears have a good team. The Lions have a good team. Yep. The Packers have a good team. But it's a matter of the can can they all put it together at the right time can they get all the kinks and all the gears moving together um rather than you know having stoppage whether it's justin fields for the bears not playing consistent or or you know the the packers defense not staying healthy like steve was just uh saying in chat yeah or you know the lions offense struggling to score points like there's so many question marks with that with that division but if each of those teams can or whoever gets it to to link up the quickest will win that division I agree. And in terms of, uh, you know, Steve's uh, comments, you know, first thing he said is the Packers defense stays healthy. It's a scary thing. Very true. And he said what worries him about the Bears is the anchor they lost on the D side of the ball in Mac. And now if Smith gets dealt, yeah, see, the Raquan Smith thing is going to be the big, it's going to be the big defining point for this team, you know. And I will say today, um, you know, obviously still not signed. He's off the PUP list because he was on the PUP list to, to us to try to work out a deal. He, there was no actual injury. That was just us trying to be nice to him where he didn't have to get fined. We could have fined him today, and we have not fined him yet. Uh, we very well could have fined him the 50, what X amount of dollar. I think it's 50,000 max, and we have not. So I still think there's that chance. I mean, like, like, like we point out last week when Ricky and I chat about it, Debo was good as gone, bro. He was good as gone, and they worked it out. So I, I think Roquan working out could, could still happen. Does it hurt that he's representing himself? It might because he's trying to get over twenty million a year, which no shot. 
you know, um, you know, Shaq Leonard and uh, Fred Warner are both getting 20 a year as the two best middle linebackers in the league. Those are that's fair points. You know, that's very fair points. But, you know, Roquan potentially wanting 22 mil a year. Ah, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. I think 18, 17 mil a year is fine, but I don't know. We'll work it out. Uh, next up, uh, NFC South, Bucks, Saints, Falcons and Panthers. All right. So for rookies, I think this is somewhat fair across the board. There is one glaring thing about this that is a little, in my opinion, way too low. I don't think they're going to be good, but it's way too low in my mind. Ricky has the Bucks going 14 and three. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Falcons going six and 11. That's a little high for me. Uh, and he has the Saints going five and 12. That's, in my opinion, too low. Uh, he also has Carolina going three and 14, which I could see that as well. Uh, me personally, I have the Bucks going 13 and four as well. I have the Saints going eight and nine in Dennis Allen's first year. I have the Falcons going four and 13 and the Panthers two and 15. I think the Panthers are going to be very bad this year. Very, very bad this year. Um, I think the Saints are going to show flashes. I do, but I think not having Sean Payton will expose them at times. I, I, I genuinely believe that. Uh, Shane, how are you feeling on this South? I mean, I, it's, I think it's pretty clear cut that it's this is the Bucks division to run away with, yeah? Yeah, um, I think it's clear and above. If anybody says that, that it's anybody other than the Bucks right now, they're, they may be off their meds. Um, uh, and that's the reason why I kind of lean back because I don't have to really think about this much too much. Nope. The way you have it in our script is the way I have it. Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Yep. Um, now, you know, so you know. let me ask you that. Cause you, you, like you, you agree to that where Panthers is dead last. How close do you think the Falcons and the Panthers are going to be? Do you think the Falcons are going to kind of, you know, get a little bit of a gap on the Panthers? Cause I mean, I still, I think both are very bad teams this year. I think the Panthers are just worse. Like, I mean, my record, like I said, was four and thirteen and two and twelve. So that's a two-game difference. Do you see it being about the same, or do you think the the uh, Falcons could get maybe a few more wins? I think it just depends. I I, I think it depends on. Uh, I think the difference right now is the Falcons know who their their quarterback is. Right, they know it's going to be Marcus Fair. Mariota. There. Um. So I think that makes a huge difference. Um. As far as the Panthers, they they don't know. I mean, it could be. Fucking Sam Darnold, it could be Baker Mayfield. It could be Matt Corral. They can go back and get PJ Walker. They can fucking go get Cam Newton again. Get somebody like who? who they can put Christian McCaffrey point? at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So you know, or they're gonna bring his brother from. Uh, I think he plays for. Uh, matter of fact, I think his brother plays for Michigan right now, doesn't he? Who? Uh, Christian McCaffrey's brother. Maybe. Who's a quarterback? Tyler, you're in the chat. Fact check that for us. <laughs> yeah, Tyler. Like, he just tuned they in. may they may just try to just reunite the, the McCaffrey family at this point yeah yeah um but yeah I I, I think it could be close I, I would probably put it like three games or so okay separating the Falcons and Panthers but I think the Falcons right now because they know um who their quarterback is it's it's gonna help them gotcha uh, next up, NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and Giants. So one little tease that um, Ricky kept telling me last week is that he thinks the Commanders are going to be absolutely awful, like bad, bad. And even Steve was telling me that earlier. And I, I can get on that train where I see them being pretty bad. There are some there are some glowing points to this team, I feel like. So for Ricky, he has his Cowboys, naturally. You know, we damn boys. Hang on. Let me actually uh, let me do this. We them boys. You know, change the little voice effect there. Uh, he's got them going uh, 13 and 4. 
Uh, he's got the Eagles going 12 and 5. He's got the Giants going 4 and 13, and the Commanders 1 and 16. Woo. That's, I mean, I could see them being bad. You know, I have them as a bad record, but one game, dang. For me, I got the Cowboys winning as well, uh, 12 and 5. I have the Eagles uh, going 10 and 7, Giants 4 and 13, and Commanders 3 and 14. I think the Giants and Commanders both are going to be very bad. You know, I genuinely do. The only thing that's going to give Commander some wins is going to be that defensive line. That defensive line is nasty. But after that, it's just like, what else do they have on the whole team? Yeah, they got Terry, but then they have Carson of how well he's going to be. We'll see. You know, I mean, they've got a couple nice pieces on that roster for whoever, whatever the next regime is going to be. But I think this will be Ron Rivera's last year in Washington, personally, which I love Ron. The, but yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of the Commanders. They showed glimpses last year that at times that defense can be very good, yeah. very smothering. But it's a matter of can they stay consistent? Can the offense stay together? Um, and I think this the the East is kind of like the the North right now, but opposite also. And and what I say is there's so many fucking question marks, but it's on the flip side, right? I think every team in the East is almost on a downhill trend. Um, because they don't, I mean, they've all got new pieces and they've all got question marks as far as contracts and Cowboys got Ezekiel Elliott, you know, being too heavy or not want, or wanting too much money. Eagles got coaches and the Jalen Hurts, commanders are the commanders, giants. Are, well, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to be the battle of the bad, in my opinion. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to win it because I think they are, they are the most well put together team out of the four. Um, then I'm going to have Eagles commanders and giants um giants are just a dumpster fire right now in my Brian opinion Dayball, i think he's got a rebuild going and, yeah and i think the commanders have shown more glimpses than of, of of being good than the giants have now again it could be it could be different if saquon could stay healthy um you know and then you know the receivers they drafted last year you know can actually tony, be able to Darius, tony, have some targets yeah dear uh yeah. tony can actually kind of get up there and might help them out as well. Kenny Galladay so we'll as well. See. Keep in mind, they spent a lot of money on Kenny. He didn't get a single TD last year. You know, when it comes to the Giants, the one thing about them for this year is that Brian Dayball in his first year kind of gets a free pass because this is the year to determine is Daniel Jones going to be their guy? Because I think Daniel's at the end of his contract. They didn't take the fifth-year option, if I remember correctly. If this is time for his fifth-year option, I can't remember. Um, like this is the year to determine if Daniel's going to be their guy moving forward. So Dayball kind of gets a free pass. Now in Washington's case, it's the question of like, you know, you traded for Carson. Ron's been here for a couple of years now. You haven't solidified that quarterback position since being here because you had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke, which I love Taylor Heineke, but he's not the guy, you know? So now it's like, is Carson going to be that guy? Cause you, I mean, you traded for him, you gave up capital for him. So, you know, I feel like in Washington's case, Ron is very much more on the hot seat. While they've got some good pieces, one of those pieces not being J.D. McKissick, because Antonio Gibson, whatever his name is, he's going to be playing over J.D. Calm down, Tyler. Calm your tits over there, buddy. Uh, and also, I mean, and we're sitting here talking about guys, right? People are forgetting. Commanders got Sam Howell, and he looked really good. He looks good in, in training camps that I've seen. He looks good. He looks good in that preseason game, throwing some really good balls. Now I didn't get to watch all the game, but what I did see, he looked good. So, That's fair. I forgot they I got mean, Sam. Honestly, that's totally on me. I'm a great host. I completely forgot they got Sam. For being completely honest, so yeah, yeah, I mean, if Carson ends up breaking both of his ankles, like Steve said, which is totally possible, I mean, he sprained both in the same damn play. Then hey, Sam Howell coming in there and uh, being a stud, we'll see. Which I would love to see. I like Sam. I like Sam. I liked him at North Carolina. I would love to see him, you know, take it to the next level. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. 
I think it's going to be a, obviously a, a two-way race. I feel like, you know, uh, you know, the Cowboys go to the Eagles week six, I think, on a Monday night game. I think that game and, then, you know, their, their rematch at the end of the year, that's going to ultimately decide uh, who's going to win this comment. I think Jalen Hurts looked great in the first preseason game. Again, I know it's preseason. I feel like getting A.J. Brown in there and getting some of the other pieces the Eagles have got, I feel like it's going to potentially take them to the next level where they could win this division. You know, and I feel like even Ricky would agree to that, you know, from the little bit that he kind of chatted about it last week. I think he just naturally put the Cowboys at one because, you know, we them boys. Um, you know, it's a squad. But I think it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles won this division, like, at all. Yeah. Um, only reason why I didn't have the Eagles winning the division was because Jalen Hurts is, a, is still kind of a question mark to me. I still think he's a great right. quarterback. He, can, he has potential, but he's got to put it together. I mean, this is, what, his third year now, fourth year? Something Third. along those lines. Third. At this point now, you've got to you got to start putting it together. You know, start winning consistent games, um, showing that you can be the starter. Um, if he does that with the t- talent they brought in, um, as far as on the defensive side of the ball, with bringing in Dean and Jordan Davis, bringing in AJ Brown. Um, I mean that uh, Eagles. I think if Jalen Hurts can can keep it together and put it together, Eagles win this. And look, no doubt in my mind. It's like, and but. also, if he doesn't keep it together, like Tyler pointed out, Gardner Minshew is there. Just unleash Minshew mania and watch the Eagles go to the damn Super Bowl. Book it. Yes, Minshew mania, baby. Let's go. I'm all about some Minshew mania. Let's fucking get it. I love Gardner Minshew. Let him be the guy, and the Eagles will go all the way to the Super Bowl. And speaking of Jordan Davis, did you see that warm-up clip of where he is just bullying that offensive? Did you see that? Yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah, and he was, like, jerking his neck. Yeah, yeah. It, it did not look fun. Now, did you whoever. see the <laughs> reverse video of it that people did as a joke? Mm-mm. Yeah, people reversed the video where the offensive line was pushing Jordan back, but it looked like he was doing bunny hops while he's pushing him back. Dude, it was gold. I'll have to find that video and send it to you. That was top tier. Now, Jordan Davis is an absolute freak of nature. <laughs> like, he yeah, is, he's a fucking machine. That is one of the best first-round draft picks from this past draft was Jordan Davis to the Eagles, especially since they got N'Kobe Dean as well. Like, you know, bro, <laughs> like that defense is going to be nasty. Yeah, especially what was funny, because, I mean, we heard scouts say, oh, yeah, N'Kobe Dean is not going to be the same without Jordan Davis. Well, you got Jordan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, let's do the NFC West, uh, home of the Super Bowl winner, of course. Uh, starting with Ricky's, um, this is about, uh, I feel like, pretty accurate, potentially on pace for what it could be. Uh, he's got the Rams going 13-4, and four, uh, the Cardinals going 12-5, and five, San Fran 8-9, and nine, and Seattle 1-16. and I uh, definitely could see that. For me personally, I have got, um, mine is a little bit different because I am going to stick with the, I'm going to stick with the mentality that Cliff Kingsbury teams are going to fizzle out. Like that's the mentality that I'm sticking with. And there's going to drop some games and some close games. I have the Rams going 11 and six 49ers in second place with an eight and nine as well. I have the Cardinals going seven and 10. Like, I feel like there's too much going on with that team right now, which is random bullshit. I mean, the stuff with Kyler and the team with the studying clause, you know, uh, Hopkins being out for six games, like, I feel like this team's going to struggle. You know, they're going to have their moments, yeah, but I feel like they're going to struggle this year. Uh, and then I have the Seahawks going 1-16 in 16 as well. I think the Seahawks have a few games this year they can get dubs in. They play the Jets. They play the Giants. 
the um, the Panthers, the Texans, uh, and I think Washington. And I think those are the only chances Seattle has at getting a win this year. I feel like Seattle, since they didn't make a play at quarterback, besides like obviously just getting Locke as compensation for trading Wilson, I feel like they are in full-blown acknowledged tank mode, and they're going for Bryce or C.J. Stroud. You can't convince me otherwise. That is what they are doing. So even if you know uh, Jimmy G gets released, because if he's not traded by the 30th, he's being released by the 30th is, is what we've got. I don't even see him signing with Seattle. I really don't. I feel like Seattle is openly like, yep, we suck. We're going in tank mode. Fuck it. We don't care. You know, so I, I think one in 16 is, is a legitimate possible record for him. How are you feeling on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is just as about as clear-cut as the South is. I think the Rams are, um, even with losing the pieces that they lost, um, and then, you Andrew know, getting, and OBJ being the um, ones. Yeah, I mean, I, it's clear-cut. The Rams are going to win the division. Um, I think we kind of agree Seattle is going to be the bottom. I mean, the bottom of the bottom. I mean, they may be even underneath, like, the bucket because – they're they fell through the bottom <laughs> true um and then clear the cut cardinal, number one pick cardinals can't stay consistent they they seem like they just you know like you said fizzle out yeah. um and the 49ers they're just a big old question mark as well um as far as trey lance i think that running back cast is still a, a question mark in my eyes just because they could not keep the running back group healthy last year and, and um, more, and keep in mind, uh, you know, Morster, whatever he's down in Miami now too. Yeah. So you know, and then I mean, I know they got Debo back, which helps uh, the Forty ers significantly. If I will tell you this, if they weren't able to sign Debo back, um, maybe worse. I, I probably would have put them right there next to Seattle and maybe going one or two games above them, but. I think it's going to be the Rams far above everybody else. And then there's going to be Cardinals and 49ers kind of fighting for that second spot. And then, you know, um, the Seahawks aren't even going to be there, unfortunately. Um, like I said earlier, they're probably going to burn a hole through the bottom of the bucket. <laughs> now, so. for the Rams, do you see them having Super Bowl slump vibes? Because, like, even though we both have all of us, all three of us have them going winning records, I have them having Super Bowl slump vibes. Because, like... I feel like losing Vaughn Miller was, I don't think was a detrimental loss because they still got freaking Aaron Donald at the end of the day. And honestly, them getting Bobby Wagner, I'm sorry. I would take Bobby Wagner in the middle, running that middle over getting another pass rusher with Vaughn. That's my opinion, personally. I, I would take Bobby any day of the week as a stud middle versus another pass rusher uh, like Vaughn. I think OBJ was losing them is kind of a... Uh, I think it does hurt because of how much he just came alive with the Rams, but getting Allen Robinson's good. And they, they, they never really solidified that left tackle spot, you know, after Whit, Whit, with, uh, Whitworth retired. And now Stafford's apparently dealing with a nagging injury in his throwing uh, elbow that he'll probably deal with all year long. Like, you know, do you see, do you really see them having like a massive slump throughout this year, but still just coming out on top because of other circumstances? Yeah. I, I mean, I think they'll be far and above. Um, I think they're 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 going to run into to some to some walls. I guess you could say. Right. I, I can see them making the playoffs. Of course, they're going to win the division. Like I said, um, but I don't see them even making it to the conference championship. Me personally, if I was to pick somebody right now, um, it'd have to be the Packers, Vikings, or Bucks are probably my top three favorite teams in in the NFC. 
Um, and honestly, probably, I mean, of course, the Bucks is the easy one. But if I was to negate the Bucks, I think, honestly, the Vikings is the team to beat in the NFC. Really? Uh, right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm. Go ahead. I'm I'm very high on on the Vikings, and I know I didn't uh necessarily Stress go it. with them or against them in the North, but I I think the Vikings are the team to beat. I I just think I mean they they this play so well, and then the next game they just throw it all away, and then they play so well, and then they throw it all away. Uh, I think if they can figure out the consistency, the Vikings can be there. Um, but I mean, of course, I mean, like, I think we all know it's probably going to be the Bucks again, to be honest. Bucks um, and Packers probably. Yeah. I, I think Tom Brady's wanting to just throw a real big middle finger to Adam Schefter. Um, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no. Okay. So with the Vikings and Steve is just losing his mind right now. Uh, you know, with the Vikings, like we, we chat about this months ago that the Vikings are so much better on paper than people are giving them credit for. Like legitimately, like like people shaft, you know, Kirk Cousins because of his inconsistency and you know him not being primetime Kirk and stuff like that. But like, bro, you look at his stats and he's actually a really good quarterback. Like they just have like these these random fucking slumps that just make them garbage. But like, you know, who knows? Maybe Kevin O'Connell is gonna be the one to unlock this team and take them to the next level. Plus they have like Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, etc. Like, I mean, I think the Vikings could be a run. I don't know if I'd say team to beat in the NFC, but I would definitely say a team to watch for massively. Like I would call them a massive like dark horse for the NFC, in my opinion. Um, you know, in terms of like overall at the top of the NFC, I think it's just Packers and Bucks are the main. I think the NFC Championship will be those two this year. Just, um, just real quick, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of interrupt. Kirk Cousins last year, 16 games played, 16 16 games started, thir- uh, 372 for 561, 4,221 yards. Seven and a half per average, thirty-three touchdowns, seven interceptions, which is his lowest since his second year in the league. Um, he's only sacked twenty-eight times, so that shows that the offensive line is keeping him up. Um, compared to you know him being sacked thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two times the last four years. Um, uh, com- quarterback rate one oh uh rate one oh three. Uh, I mean he put up good numbers. Yeah. It's just so, that I mean, those random games of inconsistency, but like you know, like even you know Steve point out that you know yeah you know Kirk's a guy you know Kirk's a guy, but it's just you know I I do see Steve's point because it's like Packers or or or, or Bucks you know, but I mean I, I think the best way to kind of you know describe the Vikings is like they're going to be a scary dark horse team, like a people a team that people are going to initially like at first glance write off to, because to they're going to look at the Packers or the Bucks, but the Vikings are going to be the one that could shock a lot of people. To me, they're like the Chargers in the AFC. They're a very, very good team on paper. They just got to figure out how to win. And it would not surprise me that the Chargers somehow pull out an AFC uh, to get to the AFC Championship, or at least are right there in the top three. Just same way with the Vikings. It will not surprise me if they're right there. Fair, fair. Uh I need to I need to really catch up on some chats here that I missed earlier. Uh, so after our glorious Minshew Mania talk, uh, Steve's predictions for the NFC West was Rams fourteen and three, Cards eleven and six, San Fran seven and ten, Seahawks two and fifteen, all very valid. Uh, Tyler saying Cliff's going to be fired. Uh, Seattle going one sixteen, Pete getting fired also. Cliff gets fired for sure. Pete retires. Uh, not proud. Get Trish Stroud. I mean, fair enough. New model of Seattle fans. 
Steve also agrees with you on, on uh, San Fran. Huge question mark in the backfield. And uh, that's also a great question on Debo. Does Debo have the same impact, uh, though, now that teams kind of know what they want to do with him? That's a great point, especially since Mike McDaniel is not there. I know, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan's the head coach and like this offensive mastermind, but Mike McDaniel, man, he was the guy that uh, that really ran that offense in terms of that run game and stuff. And we're seeing that in Miami with the people that he's brought into Miami. Uh, so that is a very good point. That is a very good point. Uh, Alan Lazard getting 1,300 yards and 10 TDs this year from Tyler. Tyler is all saying Patrick on five and 12. Tyler, you are out of your you were out of your fucking mind. What is wrong with you? You are on a whole different level right now, my guy. My gosh. Uh, well, you're drinking. In terms of playoffs, uh, the seven spots for me, how it worked out. Number one, of course, Packers with that record. Number two, the Bucks. Number three would be the Cowboys. Number four would obviously be the Rams. And then the remaining three would be Eagles getting the fifth seed, uh, Vikings getting the sixth seed, and Saints getting the seventh seed. Um, for Ricky, I've got these in two photos, so give me a sec. Uh, he's got Bucks as number one seed, Rams as the number two seed, number three seed, he's got Dallas, number four seed, he's got the Packers. Uh, the number five seed, he has the Cardinals. And the number six seed, Eagles, and seven seed, the Bears. He, with that record of 11 and six, He's got the Bears making the playoffs. I just don't see it. There's no shot, bro. I'm telling you, our ceiling is 7-10. and 7-10, bro. There's no no shot. Uh, but with those kind of playoff matchups, though, like I said, and, and and you can agree, I feel like Packers and Bucks is pretty much what it's going to come down to. But the Vikings could get up in there. And like Tyler just said, it's time. It's the Vikings' time to actually win something. And that's true, but also keep in mind that, you know, new GM, new head coach. So they get a little leeway on that. If it was still Mike Zimmer, then yes, it would be the Vikings need to do something right now. And they, they do. They do. Let me stress that because they have a good team. But since they have a new regime, there's a little bit of leeway on that. But the team is good. So they need to get they need to pull shit out of their ass now. Because again, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, you know, Harrison Smith on the defense side of the ball. I mean, they've got some good pieces on this team, and they got they gotta do something with it. They need to be more consistent. I I, I think I, I think the Vikings really could be a team to watch for. I think the Vikings and the Eagles are the two teams that I would say watch out for these teams, you know, coming into this year out of the NFC. I think it's I think clear front runners are Packers and Bucks, but after that, you know. Uh, I, I think Eagles and, and uh, Vikings are like clear front runners. Uh, how are you going to say Kurt Cousins' stats when he's in the same division as AR twelve? I'm just baffled. Uh, Tyler Off said didn't didn't enough did enough to not get fired for too long. I mean that's that's Mike Zimmer for you. Yeah, Mike Zimmer, the uh, Gus Malzahn in the NFL. That's f- fucking accurate. It was it was basically like Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis was just beloved by everyone, but he just made it by by mediocrity for so many years in Cincinnati before they finally let him go. But Jesus Christ! Uh, and as far as the uh, as, as far as the AR th- AR twelve thing, like I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is Aaron Rodgers or as good as Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying like people are or you know kicking Kirk Cousins down like he's like absolutely terrible when he's putting up the numbers of a good quarterback. Um, I think he's good enough to to win him, them playoff games. It's a matter of can he actually put it together with a new coach, with a new GM, and actually do it. Um, like fair. Tyler said, uh, they it's time for them to win. They, they have a very good team on paper, and I'm just saying that don't be surprised if the Vikings are right there 
making moves to to get to the NFC Championship game. Marvin Lewis was a bum, says Steve. Uh, Tyler says no Marv slander is allowed in this chat. <laughs> I mean, Marvin Lewis was a bum, Tyler. I'm sorry, he was. He's a great guy. He's a great guy, but he was a bum, dude. He made it by with such mediocrity. You know, he held on for so long. <laughs> Had no backing in Washington. Now, I mean, that is now that he brings up an amazing point, you know, with, and it ties into what, you know, you're saying, Shane, by everyone's like knocking him as like this terrible quarterback. He has had no backing. Like, no, like Washington didn't back him, you know, barely. They half assed back him. And now Minnesota up till now has not backed him. And even the GM's not backing him. But I think Kevin O'Connell is. I think Kevin O'Connell is all in on Kirk Cousins. So there seems like a little bit of disconnect there with the GM and head coach. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to watch in Minnesota. It really is. Because, like, I mean, Shane brings up a great point where it's like fans, the league, you know, news, you know, people in the, in the news or whatever, you know, they all just bash Kirk Cousins like he's freaking Ryan Leaf. Like, legit, that is how he's portrayed, that he's a terrible quarterback or just like a, such a subpar quarterback when he's actually pretty solid. I mean, I would put him easily up in, like, the top 15 of quarterbacks in the league, so over half the league, you know, he's better than, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch um, when it out of, uh, you know, Minnesota, personally. Uh, Shane, any other thoughts on uh, any NFC predictions? If not, I feel like we can probably wrap up the show, honestly. We kind of hit everything we wanted to hit. We already hit our two quick hits there, Zach Wilson and Deshaun. So, I feel like we can probably start working our way out of here, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, real quick, Steve says, as a Packers fans, I will say this. As a Vikings back Kirk, then they will win the North and lose in the playoffs, but they emerge as a team that they should be. I agree, and I, I, yep. I can see that. Yep. Um, but all I'm saying is, like, right now, you know, I, I think if he comes out and starts winning these next, you know, if he goes 4-0, 5-1, you know, in the beginning of the season, you can kind of start seeing that team build around him and gain momentum and i mean yeah i mean are they the team and i said i know i said earlier are they team to beat but um i mean they they can be right there um and as far as the packers i just don't know how it's going to be without Devontae adams i think right now his receiving core is probably better um overall because like through the wide you know widespread of the entire core but who's going to be that guy, right? Who's going to be his, who's going to be his Jordy Nelson? Who's going to be his Donald Driver? The guy that when it's crunch time, he can count on. That's true. Who's going to be that guy? Could be Romeo Dobbs, man. He's making some noise. So that'll be exciting to watch personally. It's not Zach Wilson. It's Zachary Milson. That made me laugh there. Shout out to Tyler. Packers defense stay healthy. And uh, Big Bob is to, to form the pack. Huge wins this year. Yeah, Big Bob comes back in uh, strong form. You know, he's going to make some big moves, but it is all about that defense and give uh, Dobby a sock. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to hit the music, Shane. I know you can't hear it, but uh, last thoughts. We're going to work our way out of here. Well, I'm excited for football, dude. We're so close. I mean, I know we got yep. preseason going on right now. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to really watch any of it, but man, football is back and I'm ready for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Just a few weeks away. We're so close. Uh, no special segment currently planned for next week. Uh, you know, the past few three weeks, we've been just doing all predictions. So we'll see what happens next week. We'll see what film. We should get Ricky back next week. That'd be exciting. Shout out to the Josh Pillow for standing in, looking beautiful as ever, as per norm. 
Shout out to Shane, of course. Shout out to Steve and Tyler for coming in and chatting with us. Uh, if, whether if you're watching this uh, after the fact or listening to us on one of the many audio platforms, we appreciate the hell out of you. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, check out like Rogue Energy. Use the referral link down below. Use promo code SPARKY3 to get 10% off or Razor3 to get 10% off as well. Uh, join the Discord and you can come chat with us on the show. Give your thoughts on anything. You can come in. Call us an idiot. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's have a great time. Uh, I think with all that said, we can now leave on this. Shane, I don't know if you want to try it with me, uh, or do you just want me to just do the outro and just get out of here? How do we want to do this, man? Ricky tried last week. I give him props. He tried. I, I can try it, but okay. I mean, uh, I am hearing a, a, a slight delay. Okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is a terrible football show. It's exactly. Probs. So, I mean, if it's bad, it's bad. So yep. let's go. Let's roll with it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to A Terrible Football, terrible show. football show. Close enough. Let's ride, baby.